This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 376 for the week of March 15th, 2015. What's up, hey, oh, so welcome to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite, Kanzen Shu. That's right, thank you. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining, as many people have pointed out to me, and as I am so happy to see happen for once. The news was courteous enough to happen prior to recording, so we can actually cover it in a timely fashion. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Got a special guest joining me. It must be video game time o year. We got Kieran with us. What up, Lord Moonstone? Whatever, what do you call yourself these days? Just Kieran, Lord Moonstone, whichever. Kieran Shorter, go by that. But it must be video game time, because that's when I show up. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm great. I saw your uh, long string of <laughs> angry tweets earlier today <laughs> oh so you you saw my frustration regarding our uh, our discussion that will occur later i did i did <laughs> so we have vegeto ex and lord moonstone covering dragon ball xenoverse that's going to be our main topic this week it's been out for a while it is time to review the game but it is a big day actually as we're recording this it's sunday evening and funimation had a big announcement today as a part of their south by southwest panel so we got big news to cover uh, and then some not so big news. And then that transitions into our Dragon Ball Universe review topic. That is an episode. Let's get into it. It's news time. Let's do it. Hey, so remember how it took a year and a half for us to get Battle of Gods last time? Yeah, I do remember that. Hmm. Yeah, that's not happening this time. <laughs> Revival of F, or as Funimation will be calling it, Resurrection F. Yeah, it's coming sooner than you think. In fact, there is going to be a subtitled preview screening in Los Angeles, and then they are doing a uh, an English-dubbed theatrical screening in the summer. We don't have real details about what that's going to be, whether that's going to be a weekend only limited run thing like they did with Battle of Gods, or if it's going to be a wider opening. Details are forthcoming on that. But yeah, man, Revival of F, Resurrection F, uh, it, it's coming. That's quite a, a quite a bombshell to drop by the South by Southwest panel, no less. And what, what do you think of the title Resurrection F? Do you think we'll finally get Everybody's shutting up and saying the same thing now? Uh, no, because we're going to stick with the revival of F because we, <laughs> <laughs> we coined it ahead of time. So, I mean, we're going to stick with uh, it, it is a translation of the Japanese title. Resurrection F is more an adaptation of the title rather than a direct translation. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Fukatsu, Resurrection, Revival, whatever you want to call it, it, it all kind of works. So it's totally fine. Interesting thing here. And Heath was so proud of himself because <laughs> we were digging through Toei's quarter three financial report uh, about a week or so ago. And Toei actually does put out an English language version of their financial report, English being kind of like the de facto international language. So Mm -hmm. financial reports usually get put out in English as well. They did call it Resurrection F in that financial report. We figured, all right, it's just, you know, they have to call it something. So that's what they'll call it. Uh, It was kind of interesting that that's the title Funimation went with. We don't know if Funimation independently went with that title or if this is a case of Toei saying, no, everyone who's getting it, this is what you have to call it in English. Uh, maybe we'll get an answer on that, but 
doesn't really matter one way or the other. I think today we're all just living in this realm of crazy excitement that the movie is coming way faster. And it's basically simultaneous as much as it probably could realistically expectedly be. I know. And it's what do you think led to this? Do you think do, do you think that the Battle of Gods like uh, limited theatrical run and the fact that the Blu-ray do you think that kind of incentivized them to go ahead and say, hey, let's let's try to get on this as fast as possible since now it's in the public consciousness again and everyone is interested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know that Funimation would want to be doing this as soon as they can, as best as they can. It's in their best interest too. They love the franchise. It's their biggest moneymaker. Oh, we yeah. heard that Battle of Gods was, I mean, it wasn't even close what their number two selling thing this last year was. Battle of Gods was the hugest thing. I can more or less pretty much confirm that it was Fox that was dragging their heels with getting things done last time. Fox ah. still having their hands in the mix from being on the production committee for Battle of Gods and just all the way those international licenses kind of work out. And my theory was it was too small for them to really care, but not big enough for Funimation to like really get things like it was a weird situation. I think the fact that Battle of Gods did so well, Fox was probably like, all right, just go ahead. Whatever. Let's go. Just let's, go ahead. Just go ahead. Just do just it. Do it. Just put it out there. Every, everyone to go see it. Bring your kids. Bring your grandma. Everyone right, exactly. go to theaters. It'll be great. I'm I am so excited that we are getting this essentially like we are leaning closer and closer to this age of simulcasting with so many shows that to get a movie doing that theatrical release right after it comes out in Japan. That's amazing. I'm, I am so, cool. so glad that is happening now. And man, this is this is going to be amazing. And thank you that this came out before the podcast. <laughs> I know, it would have been another week. This is super weird for me because this is probably, I, I can't make it out to Los Angeles. I, I have so many vacations and other plans coming up that I, I know if we could, right? <laughs> I can't just throw another plane ticket on top of things. Uh, as much as Dragon Ball <laughs> kind of runs my life in this way, it doesn't exactly. So this may be a case for the first time since, you know, fan sub days and maybe I saw some kind of cell episode that I didn't have fans of, but in terms of the modern era, this may be the first time I see a new Dragon Ball production dubbed in English before I see it in Japanese. Really now? Normally, I would say I don't know how to feel about that. And I did have a couple concerns with, uh, I thought the Battle of Gods dub script was just a little too loose. I remember remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. That all being said, we've got, Ayers is Frieza now, so it's like I can kind of dig it. Ayers is Frieza, like recently, Xenoverse. Oh, he's killing it. I've heard he he's awesome in it. Xenoverse. I've been playing in Japanese exclusively, but uh, I was saying earlier today, I gotta go back and spot check it because <sighs> this is my general spiel on Ayers is Frieza. But if you exclusively watch Dragon Ball in English, this is the first time that those of you who watch Dragon Ball in English have ever heard Frieza before. Like, I, I stick by that. So for me, knowing that if I do go see this in English, English first, I'm going to get Frieza. And with Frieza being like such a central part of this movie, that's really important. Oh, and yeah. I guess we have to say it's not confirmed. However, we all keep going back to this one tweet that our buddy Scott Kaiser Neko of Team Four Star made about, you know, absolutely got to keep airs. And Chris Abbott responded like 100% with you. I and mean, it's basically confirmed we're going to get him. It's not a worry. No, anymore. yeah, it, that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. I don't I don't think that's in question. Like right. if they're rushing to get this out, they're rushing to get the dub. Who's the 
fastest people they're going to go to. You already got it ready. Like, yeah. there, there's no way they'd recast it. I don't see it. Well, and not even recast, but going back to Linda Young. I mean, oh, I, oh, I, I see. I wouldn't. I didn't even think of that. That's just <laughs> so far from my mind right now because I am in. I am so ready for the heirs' revolution to rise in theaters. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty psyched. We already have a bunch of friends that got tickets. I mean, it sold out really quick. That Los Angeles screening. So oh, I they're going to be seeing it in Japanese. We'll have Julian's report from the Japanese debut. If if he doesn't get into a Japanese preview screening, those start March 30th. Um, so beyond the Japanese preview screenings and then the actual debut on April 18th, we've got this preview screening in North America on April 11th. I mean, Revival of F, Resurrection F, it is coming way sooner than anyone thinks. I mean, if that Japanese preview screening is March 30th, that's 15 days from now. Two weeks from now, we're going to know everything. Everything that's, about this movie. Oh, God, that's just so exciting. And that latest trailer just oh. got me, oh, oh, my God, got me so, as soon as F kicked in, I'm like, yep, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. So, I mean, the news here is, yeah, Funimation's got it. And if you go to their press release, it's like, yeah, we got theatrical rights, we got home video rights, we got on-demand rights, we got broadcast. I mean, they got the movie. So, we man. are let's, ready to go. They are ready go, to man. go. It's the, the news is just the excitement. So, I think we have to leave the movie behind a little bit. Amazingly enough, news on the movie has has been quiet since our last podcast episode where Heath and I dissected uh, the trailer and the first Toyotaro manga, V-Jump. For those of you who are always like, man, when's the next chapter coming out? When are we going to get leaks from V-Jump? The way V-Jump works, it's Shueisha's primarily video game focused magazine, but it's one of those like ostensibly video game focused. It's more their promotional vehicle magazine for everything. V-Jump comes out on 21st of every month, no matter what day that is. Unless there's a holiday there, then it might be the 20th or the 22nd, something like that. So we're basically a week out from the next V-Jump at this point, too. And if you don't remember, Toyotaro, who was doing Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission in V-Jump, who we are 99.99999% sure is Toy Bowl from the Dragon Ball AF Dojinshi, he is now doing a three-part manga adaptation of the early part of the revival of F-Story. So we got the first chapter last month. We're about to get the second chapter. Um, That first chapter basically brought us through Frieza's revival and his plan on what he's going to do next. And it ended with, I'm going to train. So we're going to get a lot more details this next week. Do you think that there's going to be um, a few of those details in the movie? like, Or do you think this is just going to completely be its own separate entity? No, it it seems to be an adaptation of the early part of the movie itself. Like There may be more in the movie. And maybe he put in a couple Easter eggs of his own, but it seems to be telling the story of the movie itself, as we've already seen some of the stuff in the trailer that Toyotaro showed in the manga as well. So no, yeah, I, I was I was thinking the same thing too. Man, two weeks will know everything. All right, we got to move on. We have a little bit of Dragon Ball Kai news. Uh, Heath and I were talking last time on the show about the third box that came out and how the international version is longer than the Japanese cut, but the Japanese cut still seems to be going on a little longer than I thought. Well, we do have news that there will be a fifth ending theme to the Majin Buu arc of Dragon Ball Kai as it's airing in Japan. And wasn't it originally scheduled to be four ending themes? Yeah, I mean, they started as it's going to be quarterly ending themes. And then the way the pace of those early episodes were going, it seemed to be on pace for almost exactly April to April. Mm. But then they kind of like slowed down and stopped editing 
bringing the Japanese version down even more. So I think they kind of just realized, well, we have extra episodes. Let's just go get a new ending theme to wrap it up. So this new one's going to be called, I don't know if you want to call it an ironic title. The title of the song is Don't Let Me Down, which is Dragon Ball Kai in a nutshell. <laughs> That's a pretty... <laughs> have, okay. Uh, have you seen an episode of the show yet? Of yes. The new one? All right. So you, oh, okay. Okay. So you have, you have seen an episode. You, okay. you clearly haven't listened to last episode where... No, I, I, no I didn't listen to last episode. For the first time since the Boo arc started watched an episode nice so yes check that out i mean dragon ball kai is like the epitome of disappointment with regard to the boo arc uh the name of the yeah. band is gacharin spin so along with the announcement of them doing the ending theme the four primary performers in the band uh, i guess musicians in the band because then there's another two that are just listed as performers i don't know anything about the band but if i had to guess they're probably like the dancer from the mighty mighty bostones who doesn't actually do anything but he just kind of <laughs> dances around on stage <laughs> yeah maybe they're like that but um two of the comments from the four musicians need to be read to be believed i dare not repeat them on the show here you need to check them out please check out the links check out those comments dragon ball kai the gift that keeps on giving all right so this is our transitional bit of news and this is dragon ball Universe. how the sales are going we've been covering the japanese sales for the past month it's kind of surprising it's been hanging on the charts really well the only game that kind of has done better in this modern era of HD consoles was Burst Limit, which on PS3 alone outsold Xenoverse on multiple consoles its first week. But Xenoverse has been hanging on longer than other games. And I, w- I want to say that the the multi-console release as well is kind of like been a huge push for them as well. Yeah, so. definitely. I mean, they could not leave behind that install base of the PS3 and internationally the, the 360 as Oh, well. yeah. So they had to do split gen here. So it did hang on to the Japanese chart for a fifth week only on the PS3 on the Media Create chart it hung in there. If you go over to the Famitsu sales list, which does detail numbers down past 20, but not necessarily sales figures all the way down, it did seem like it did about another 2,000 copies on PS4 last week. So it's hanging in there. But now we have some details on the North American launch of the game. Seems like it's doing gangbusters. Uh, first up, we had sale reports from Sony themselves talking about the best sellers on the PlayStation Network. So this is digital only for the month of February. Now, Xenoverse came out in North America February 24th. So we're talking, remember, there's only 28 days in February. So four or five days total. Dragon Ball Xenoverse was the number two digital selling game on the PS4. PS4 for the month of February. That is insane. Beaten out only by Dying Light, I think it was. And then over on the PS3, it was the number six best-selling digital game of the month. So yeah, really, really strong showing on the Absolutely. Sony platforms. Now, the MPD group, um, we do not get the kind of sales figures that we used to years and years ago. If someone decides to report sales numbers, MPD will include it as well. Like we got some, what was the, the top game? It was one of the Mario games that was number one. There, I'm pulling it up. No, it wasn't Mario. It was Majora's Mask 3D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, was, I was like, was there a Mario game that came out that I don't know of? <laughs> so Majora's Mask was the number one thing. Uh, Nintendo happened to report digital and physical sales. So MPD was like, oh, I guess we'll list that there. But otherwise, we don't get exact sales figures. And the way MPD works these days is they do cumulative console sales across all, if it's a multi-platform game. So in Xenoverse's case, it was PS4, Xbox One, PS3, and 360. So if you combine all of those versus all the other games that may or may not be on multiple consoles, like Call of Duty, which is across all the same ones, taking all that into consideration, Dragon Ball Universe was the number seven game for... 
February, which is still super impressive. I mean, Dragon Ball is showing up on sales charts legitimately internationally. This is kind of crazy. It's doing super well. And it had an amazing launch on Steam on the 27th as well. We're only talking a couple days in February on PC worldwide. Xenoverse is kicking ass and taking names. Kieran, what do you attribute it to? I mean, we'll get into this in the review, but is... uh. Bandai Namco just doing what people want? The new? Is this- See, I feel like, okay, the first off is the multi, multi-gen, multi-console release. The PC release alone, it was the, I want to say for about a week straight, it was the number one seller outbeating Dying Light on Steam. Yeah. It was the top seller on the PC. PC players have been starved for years. I mean, it's been oh, like absolutely. Em- em- emulation of old games and maybe you're emulating, you know, Sparking Meteor and those era of games, but it's not truly a new HD experience. So you give them one, it's like, oh, thank you. Not to know the PC ones have all these graphics options that the console ones don't have. And all my f- other friends got it on PC. I personally got it on PS4 mm-hmm. and they were just singing praises saying how well it ran, how well it looked. And they haven't, and they were like, oh, I haven't played a Dragon Ball game since Budokai 3. So I think like that was such a good move and making it go across PS4, PS3, you already have that install base. People wanting a next-gen game, like you brought up Burst Limit, just shattering when it first came out because it was the first Dragon Ball title on a new system. This is the first Dragon Ball title on a new system as well as being on the last system. I think combining that just knocked it out of the park. And as we're seeing in Japan, PS4 is doing okay, but not the way it's doing internationally. So the PS3 sales are doing great in Japan. Then internationally is where the PS4, I mean, the number two game for the month, it was out five days total of the month. That is impressive for Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. And, and that, I that feel was just like, <laughs> digital sales. That doesn't count retail discs that you hold in your hand. I know. And I'm nothing but happy. I feel like this this is can only lead to more things in the future. I feel like this, I mean, maybe this was also in the talks when they were deciding to, to be like, oh man, we need to get on F right now because yeah, yeah. I feel like there's going to be F content in Xenoverse for DLC. Well, we did get a hint for that. Yeah, because we got that hint for it. Yeah, yeah. With the pre-order items and all the new stuff coming, uh, they've promised three downloadable packs, and we the first one is basically out. It's out on PC. It was looks like it was supposed to be out on the consoles last week. It was listed, for example, in Sony's, you know, what updated on the store today, but it seems like it didn't actually slip out. Now, there's no confirmation exactly on why. Was it related to server troubles? Don't know, but it seems like we will be getting it this coming Tuesday. Then yeah. there's another two packs, uh, uh, some of the, I mean, there's one dude in particular, his name is Sergio, that's been digging into all of the, the packs and mm-hmm. the betas and all that stuff. Basically dug out that two of the evil dragons from GT seem to be on their way. Maybe that'll be in pack two. Maybe there'll be more in pack two. We don't entirely know. Yeah, no, they've, they've been very vague about pack two. And I think the only thing they've shown on pack three three is the Jocko, Sanin, uh, Jocko and I, I think they said they're going to get a Kame Sanin stuff yes, as well. Yes, so. which was the first printing pre-order stuff in Japan. And they also said, and more. Now, Kieran, do you think we're going to get more DLC beyond 
beyond this because I feel like the the F stuff from the new movie pack two is maybe too soon for it. So the season pass is going to get you these three. Will they go down the road of what a lot of other companies take crap for is I bought the season pass, but then you put out more DLC after the season pass, which the season pass doesn't cover. You know what I think they're going to do is they're going to release at least with the I just only see this on the international market. You bought the Japanese release, so you oh, you already have Jocko. To me, it makes sense to release the F content and the characters inside of pack three, because that will be Jocko's first appearance to a True. majority of, you know, the audience. That's a good point. Yeah. So I feel like Jocko's going to be there. It is, he's going to be a familiar face. So it's going to be Jocko and then whatever else shows up. Maybe if we're going to get some other, whatever else happens in the movie, maybe we'll get the the golden Frieza, mm -hmm. something like that. Who knows? But I feel like if they're going to do it, it'll be probably in pack three just because Jocko is there and that's all I'm going on. For that's that. a good explanation. I didn't really think about it from the Jocko in the movie perspective, but now that we know that, that does make kind of sense. And maybe they didn't know that going into Xenoverse. Maybe it just kind of happened to work out for them. But uh, yeah, so I, sure. I'm not I'm not too sure how it shows up, but I, I, I'm i banking that it's going to be we're going to get in pack three. We are going to get some F content. Gotcha. Here's, here's a question for you. Have you seen other people running around making their own golden freezes? Because I've seen at least one. Oh, yeah, I saw a God uh, God, God Frieza. Frieza. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, God Frieza. And then I saw um I saw one that was like Super Saiyan Frieza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was just uh I mean some of them looked pretty accurate. Some of I them mean, are all right. I mean it's mostly colors, so you can kind of tweak that gold there on your dude, and you're all right. I'm talking about the uh, the sheen of just all the character models. I mean when you put gold on them, they look yeah. like they're glowing. So <laughs> Xenoverse is so weird. Like everything's shiny, yet we have this sunglass filter on top of the game that makes everything so dark and weird. I thought that was something wrong with my TV. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was the Japanese release when I first bought it. Like all right, maybe they're doing some color temperature difference i don't know but i thought like my capture device was doing something wrong I then know. i went over to my friend's place and then it still looked like that and i'm just like everything is shows so shiny but like do we are we are we wearing sunglasses because we'll be blinded <laughs> well i put sunglasses on my character so at least in universe okay okay sense. good all right yeah makes sense <laughs> all right we have basically already transitioned into it it is time to review this game dragon ball Xeniverse. let's do it now let's kick it I guess we got to give a little review of the game Dragon Ball Xenoverse. It is the newest game for the Dragon Ball franchise, developed by Dimps. This is the developer who worked on the Budokai series of games on the PS2, and I guess the first two games came out on GameCube. Oh, yeah. So this game has been in the works for a couple of years, just came out in February, we were talking earlier. PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PC. It's out worldwide and all that right now. The big shtick for this game is we've sort of had creative a character before in Ultimate Blast, Ultimate Tenkaichi. We don't talk about. We don't. We don't talk about that. <laughs> no game. one remembers it for one thing. I, I don't like what. Who? What are you talking about? This is a game where you create your own character. You can do human, Saiyan, Namekian, Majin, or Frieza's clan. Make your character lots of bits and pieces to choose from, and you are going to save the Dragon Ball timeline. We got villains who are changing history, creating rifts and cracks in history. It is your job to save it in conjunction with Time Patrol Trunks. So saying that we already see that we have Dragon Ball Online, which is now defunct. It was a Korean MMO, made its way out to a couple other countries, never made its way to English. First off, let me just say that yes. once we got once we got Battle of Z and I was like, this is 
oddly going into MMO territory. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you could just pull in all that stuff from Dragon Ball Online. So mm-hmm. once they started doing that, I was I was so excited to see them pull in those characters because now, even though we're going through the same, you know, Raditz taboo, we get right. all these interesting what ifs and scenarios that play out because they're pulling in this new storyline that they can use. They have all this content from Dragon Ball Online. I'm so glad they integrated it, mm-hmm. as well as the new final big villain, Demigra, or however you want to pronounce him. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't care. I'm stuck as it's like I, I'm playing in Japanese, so I'm hearing Domigra. Clearly the pun, because it's the exact same word in Japanese. Domigra is demi-glaze, you know, like a little sauce you'd put on your food. Mm. Uh, but they change it to Demigra in the localization, which makes sense because we spell demi-glaze with a D-E sound instead of a D-O sound. So I'm like, do I say it as it was written versus the pronounce is one of those things where i'm not sure what goes first the pronunciation or the pun i think they made the right choice i think i'm gonna say aloud demigra i honestly think demigra makes more sense i'm totally okay with that yeah there's the pun you already know what the pun is if you're on if you're listening to this podcast if you're in the community you know what's up i think demigra is a is totally fine i'm good so we'll jump back Dragon Ball Online stuff. Interestingly, they're not really adapting the whole story from Dragon Ball Online. They've pretty much just taken Mira and Toa and Time Patrol Trunks and added a bunch of their new stuff on top of that. Like we have the Kaioshin of Time, we have this Toki Toki bird, and then we get Demigra introduced into it. So rather than adapting Dragon Ball Online into a fighter slash RPG, because we're going to talk about whether this is a fighting game or an RPG. Yeah, yeah. Um, they really have just taken the elements that help create this new story that works not in tandem with Dragon Ball Online. It's like this yet another separate alternate <laughs> timeline that we can work with. But I guess them's a breaks when you're traveling through time. Now I feel like they just took the, the scraps of things they felt they could, you know, manifest into some workable form from the, you know, the dying husk of Dragon Ball Online and go like, oh, that these characters are kind of cool. We don't have to redesign villains. Let's just throw them in there and, you know, come up with some interesting way to revisit the story without having to just make you play through Right, it's taboo right again which you do but you do but we'll I, the the twist right the twist of it, it i i think makes it makes it fun enough i i don't think we can start our review of this game without talking the big elephant in the room which is release week and then some because still experiencing it today server problems with getting into the multiplayer lobby and even if you're playing single player although this is mostly alleviated if you're playing single player and you did a parallel quest as soon as it wrapped up you were kicked back to the title screen i mean server problems are expected for an mmo launch i went through that with a rel- Reborn, Final Fantasy 14, where mm-hmm. you got the like error code 90,000 where you can log in and it was awful. The expectation here is though, it's a fighting game. Why can't I play my fighting game? And again, we'll, we will get more to, is this a fighting game? But I think it's a fair criticism and yeah, shit's fucked up. You can't play the game you bought. See the... I, I kind of wanted to hit this later because I didn't want to immediately paint the game in this like glaringly negative light, but... Good lord. The fact that you need to log into a server, I get what they're trying to do, because when you log in to the server, what it does is it fetches other people's created characters to wander the city as NPCs. So even if you don't want to play in real time with other people, you will still see other like created characters populating the hub world that you walk around to give you kind of this 
false MMO feel that's like reminiscent of the dot hack series where it felt like an MMO, but you're still playing on your own. The problem with that is that it persistently checks the server after that initial character check to update leaderboards, to see how you're doing and like to update your progress on the server. But if there's any disconnection, it boots you back to the main lobby. So I've been playing the game with going into my PS4 and turning off internet connectivity completely. So it doesn't connect to the server. Yeah, which and sucks. It's so it's that's so irritating because I want to play the game that. online. Yeah, and it does other stuff too. Like your time patrol character can be recruited by other people to go out on mm -hmm. missions. Uh, you know, every time I log in, it will give me a report like, "Oh, someone recruited you, and here's some bonus items that you collected while you were gone." Like that's really cool stuff. However, it's this modern era of everything is online, and there's no such thing as a truly single player offline experience anymore. I know that. They, at least what I what I can say in its favor is that they did they did patch it. They just patched it recently. I think with like three days ago, it was on like the twelfth or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they released patch one point oh two. So they were they said specifically that they were working on. They had PS three and three sixty working. They were still working on PS four and Xbox One. PC, as far as I know, has been having very little disconnection problems. Like they seem to be doing okay. Yeah, it's much less pronounced over on PC. So I feel like, and what what makes this even more pronounced though is they had two network tests. Correct. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I'm just like, so <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> well, you know, what happened was more people bought the game than they ever anticipated. I know. I know. So, I mean, ultimately, hey, that's that's a good it's thing. A good it problem just, to have. Like, for yeah, them, not for I, I us. Yes. Yeah. But it just it just kind of sucks being, you know, being the player and playing offline quests and then you get kicked from the server and i'm like i wasn't even on the server right so. all right oh, well. so we'll leave that behind it's primarily you know an opening release week kind of thing it gets solved as people drop off so and they're still they're still working on it so i'm i'm hopeful as like you know dlc keeps coming out they look they seem invested to keep supporting this definitely, game so definitely. i'm certainly i'm certain it's going to get worked out so let's describe this game i have a bunch of notes none of them really make sense in conjunction with each other because this game doesn't make sense it's like <laughs> no, it really yeah it's doesn't. a fighting game it, it's an mmo it's a real-time strategy game it's a chat room i'm having deja vu from when i talked about battle of zeon here it's I weird it, i made <laughs> i made a comment on it's like one of those things where i'm like typing it and like oh i'm probably offending people as i'm typing this but i don't care <laughs> if you start off your review of Xenoverse by comparing it to Battle of Z, you're a complete hack. We're 36 minutes into this podcast, so we didn't start it by talking about Battle of Z. <laughs> no, we didn't start it, so we, we, can, we can avoid that. You criticism. do have to, because like you were talking about earlier, Battle of Z started going down this route of you were grinding for cards, and those cards would give you extra stat bonuses, items to use, and your characters were, you would have a tank class, you'd have a healer class, you'd have an interrupt class. It was completely different from what people were expecting going into a fighting game. Dragon Ball Xenoverse is more what people are expecting going into a fighting game because every character, their job is to attack. <laughs> like, you you really don't have a character. You can heal your teammates and that kind of stuff, but Gohan's not going to go in there and hang back and do nothing. Like If you play as Gohan, you're still going to attack your opponent. Yeah, I feel like the they kind of transitioned it interestingly to mostly to focus on the battle items aspect, like taking items into the game and there are right, people right. that can like, they can build to have the items that will give the entire team 
uh, key or give the entire team more health and stuff like that. But they are less effective because they heal everyone. Right. So you might have someone trying to pull that little support role while they'll hang black and, you know, uh, hang back and uh, fling, fling uh, blasts out while they, like, you know, pop those little heals here and there. But still, ultimately, it is that fighting game that you expected where your job is to go in and hit buttons and kill people. Right. I mean, just because I use my regen item doesn't mean I'm a white mage. I'm still a, a fighter. So you're, you're talking fighting plus items, plus you're still grinding for items. It's super, super weird because then you're doing this all in this kind of like MMO facade where everyone's wandering around town, except you can't really interact with each other. I mean, you can challenge someone to a fight, but you have 40 things you can say and 40 things you can do. It's not really this living world that we expect it to be. And so you're going through the story mode, but you're going to hit walls where I'm just not strong enough to keep playing the story mode. It's not like you would ever play Uncharted and you get to chapter five and it's like, well, Drake isn't strong enough. So I'm going to go over and do these side missions missions to level up my punching strength but that's what you do in this game even in the story mode of a fighting game where you're grinding for items and costumes and stuff yeah but also your was it like six main stats for your character and that's kind of where i want to go with this where i feel like i have all these great options for my fighter in my fighting game where i have moves i can use to interrupt and get away i have teleports i have dodges i have cancels i have normal moves you have your light and your heavy i have my supers i have my ultimates this is all available to me this sounds exactly like the sparking games and i I feel that they they definitely took some influence from it and I know some people were were complaining because as dimps came back you know everyone praises Budokai 3 for being like this holy grail of what a Dragon Ball game should mm-hmm. be so they're hoping for that a bit more depth in the fighting system and there are those options available there, there are. are so many there's cancels but there's really easy infinites and juggles to <laughs> right <off. laughs> um, there's but there's all these elements of the game that seem like it's definitely leaning closer to a fighter however yeah that being said so you have these main stats that you're pumping bonus points into every time you level up you get three bonus attribute points that you can dump into these different things to level yourself up and what this basically ends up forcing you to do is you find one or two moves that work and you just combo into them over and over and over Because you can't do anything else because those are the moves that are strong enough to help you get past the wall that you just hit in the story mode. So for me, I'm using a Frieza build character, which leans more toward just regular strike uh, attacks, just hand-to-hand stuff. So I have a combo that goes into like a meteor rush kind of thing. And then I have a super move that is a hand-to-hand strike attack. And like, that's all I use. There's no reason for me to use a Kamehameha or the Kienzan, anything like that. It, it, it just doesn't come into play because why would I? Because I've dumped my points into strike attacks. And the, the game is incredibly stat dependent. Mm-hmm. Like you, you will spec into something and then in a roundabout way, it kind of forces you into playing a certain way. Like even if that's the way you want to play, like for example, um, I put everything into basic attacks. Yeah. It's, that it's was my great first stat. Yep. Oh, yeah, because that, that is the way you generate key the fastest is with basic attacks. So while I'm doing that, 
I want to make sure that I'm pumping out enough damage and not just stalling. So I put all my points in a basic so my weak and strong attacks are doing a lot of damage while I'm racking up key to use my other supers that I have. But then why would you use those supers? Because exactly. you've done so much damage Because already. I do so much damage with my regular strings that by the time I end my combo with like a Souser Blade or something, I'm like, oh, that did less damage than three punches. Right. It does nothing. <laughs> so what I found out that I had to do to overcome this wall, and I've built a Saiyan because I'm very original, I wanted to utilize Super Saiyan because it gives you unlimited key for a duration. Right, right. And then you can just spam your ultimate blast Mm -hmm. for that period of time. That is what I had to do because of the way the game scales. I built into basic attacks thinking this would be viable, but bosses, the the the, le- the way they do difficulty in this game, give them more health. Yeah. Give them super armor. Or just make them always block. Or make, yeah, make them always block, make them have super armor, make them have somehow infinite key so they can keep popping out their ultimates. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it seems there's just this artificial difficulty spike. There and is, that was yeah. very irksome because I felt that I had to, you had to go do the parallel quests, which I don't think we've mentioned yet, are these things that you can do, like, the other side missions that, like, all of them are kind of what-ifs, like yeah, little yeah. different scenarios, and you can you can have one where uh, you have to make Kr- you have to make Krillin die to Frieza, then Goku shows up and goes Super Saiyan, then you kill Frieza, and Vegeta gets mad, and he goes Super Saiyan, then you have to kill Vegeta, and it's all these, like, little neat little scenarios that play out, and they have fun little dialogue back and forth. But you have to do those in order to surmount the spikes and difficulty as they go up in missions. Yeah. And it's just, it really makes you feel as a player that you, you are not improving. You just put right. in time. Like, and it am just, I not it feels, good? Did I not learn how to play? Like, no, you totally did. It's not you. Yeah. And it's just the way that they have this difficulty. It's kind of, it reminds me of Destiny where their idea of a difficult boss was give them a bunch of health. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. Destiny is a game that I. I own and have not played, actually. So here's a funny story. So one of my friends, you always see these contests. You're like, no one ever wins those. One of my friends won that Taco Bell contest where they won a free PS4 and like five copies of Destiny. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, you want a copy of Destiny? Sure, I'm never going to play it, but I'll add it to my account. <laughs> so technically I own Destiny. Um, so I can't speak to it from authority here, but I've seen so many comparisons to Destiny where it's like, yeah, you just run the same mission over and over and you get your drop and then you run the mission over and you get your drop and you get your experience and you get your end game currency and you spend it. It's like Dragon Ball Xenoverse does sound exactly like it's in between this weird triangle of a Dragon Ball fighting game, whether it's Budokai or Sparking, like pick any Dragon Ball fighting game. And then Mm -hmm. the other points of the triangle are any kind of theme park MMO and then this Destiny side thing where shooters are trying to go MMO too. And Xenoverse is right in the middle of all three of those points. And I feel like the fact that you you mentioned that like it, it is comparable to Destiny and MMOs in the fact that you are grinding for drops. My biggest problem with the game, the biggest problem with the game, I feel. Random drops for random occurrences to get more random things. Yeah, yeah. There's no sense of accomplishment when you get something. For example, just there's there's this mentor system as well. Like you can train under somebody and they will give you their skills and things like that. And if you 
train with them, you'll learn their moves, and they'll help boost the attacks that you use from them. They spawn randomly in the city. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is that there? And then every drop that you need to get for other missions, I understand random drops, that's fine, but there's like a 15% chance to get some of these things, maybe lower. And it's not even that. Like you're saying, it's a random drop on top of a random drop. So one of the earliest exploits that people found was to get Dragon Balls, and thankfully it's Parallel Quest number two. Yes, two two and 12 are like the fastest ones you can do. Right, right. So you fight Tenshin Hong, Kududin, and Yamcha, and then there's a random chance chance that at the temple up there, God's temple, that someone else's, a random player's time patroller will show up. It'll be someone else's real character. There's a random chance that they'll show up and you can challenge them right there before moving on to the rest of that fight. You go through the portal, you fight Gohan, Piccolo, Goku. There's a random chance they'll show up. When you beat them, there's a random chance that they will drop a Dragon Ball as a key item. So what people have been doing, and even what I've been doing, and it's like, man, I'm totally just grinding a dungeon hoping for my random drop and nope i got cotton at the end of this dungeon run i didn't get my antique leg armor or whatever it's did i get the time patrol nope retry did i get the time patrol nope retry did i get the time patrol yep did i get the key item nope retry and it's just it's this frustrating circle that makes you feel even when you get the item that it's not because you did i didn't earn it no. Yeah, you know you didn't earn it. The game was just saying, okay, fine, all the stars aligned, here you go. And I feel like that is that is the thing that is like detaching me the most from getting invested in the game is because I feel like unlike things like Monster Hunter where there, there aren't nearly as random and you always can do things with the things that you get that yeah, benefit yeah. your character. It is a random occurrence that there will be some bonus stage for every mission. And sometimes that has to happen for you to get these items. There's a random occurrence for that time patroller to show up. Then it's random if he gets the Dragon Ball. Then it's random again to see if you get the limited, like, bonus ending of the mission what did you do to, to to warrant that you know right and i mean i'm i'm used to random stuff from playing ff14 there's just something about it is it that it's being plugged into a fighting game that's just rubbing us the wrong way like it's literally no different or maybe it is completely different from the other stuff we've run into in different games. What's making it feel so bad here? That's what I've been racking my brain with I can't all figure day. it out. Like, it's a video game. Yeah, there's random stuff. And so what? It's random on top of random. Suck it up. But man, there's something about it in Xenoverse that's just like, you fuckers, just give it to me. <laughs> I, tr- I, I tried to, uh, the best thing I could think of, like what I tried to make it analogous to was imagine an RPG where you take five steps and there's a random encounter. So you have to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you do the fight. Then there's another random chance that you'll get experience. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then there's another random chance that you'll get the drop that the monster sometimes drop. Like it's just infuriating when it doesn't work. And when it does work, you're just like, thank God. Now I don't have to play that anymore. And what game should make you feel like that? Like, thank God I don't have to play it anymore because I got what I wanted, you know? Yeah. I, think, I feel like that's because it's it's a fighting game that has this really fun system, but I just feel like the execution, especially with the lackluster AI, just makes you feel like mm. like when when I in a quest where an AI partner has to survive, you just pray, stay away from the villain. 
I know, Please right? don't go in. And then if they do, you're like, oh, gotta guess I gotta retry. And I've seen a lot of people say like, yeah, just go steal aggro from the opponents. Like, uh, there's not really a true aggro system in the game. No, there, there really isn't. So like, it kind of works. I do want to cycle back around to hitting that wall. Now, I okay. got the Japanese version first. So I was playing that for a while. The first wall I ran into, and I felt so vindicated when people got the American release and they had the same problem, was that Ginyu fight where it's like three or four stages. Oh, yeah. Where you have to keep fighting, but then you get less health. And part of my problem in the Japanese version was I wasn't reading the items that I could use, so I didn't realize you could use health recovery items Mm -hmm. at that point. So once I figured that out in the North American release, that that made a a big difference. But even still, at that point, you're only making the small ones, and it's not helping a whole lot. That is where you hit that point where it's, I gotta go grind. And I was okay with that, but... I don't know, some of the fights you hit and it's just, so a couple of the other walls I ran into and I want to get your thoughts on those and let's talk about whether that's different from that earlier Ginyu one or what makes them work or not work. One of the other walls was Majin Buu where you fight him and then there's like six small Majin Buu. Oh lord, that mission. And I was beating them like, yeah, there's only one, wait, there's another five and it turns out you just have to live long enough so it's not even a damage dealing kind of thing or maybe it is maybe it's tied to time maybe it's tied to damage you have to beat enough it's kind of hard to tell i don't really know but it's just this other you don't really know what you're supposed to do and i'm okay with that sometimes but that was another one and then the next one i've run into was Kind of spoilers, I guess. I mean, we know the Beerus and Weiss are in the game when you have to fight Beerus and Weiss. And sometimes they fight and it's like, it's not fair, but I see why it's fair that it's not fair. Like Beerus will get you in the stranglehold and Weiss will Mm. smack you with the, the, the pole there. But that's like I was alluding to earlier. Whis just blocks and he teleports away. Like he's kind of overpowered and the game is making it even more overpowered than overpowered. I guess I gotta just amp up how much health I have and give myself like, what can I do? What have I learned to enable myself to take care of this? And it never feels like it's based on what I know about the fighting engine. It's based on these external factors that I bring into the fight. And I feel like, I think you just hit on a really good point there is that it is not you learning the fighting engine, even though there are like, I've found infinites that have won me battles. I'm sure. Because like there are, they're so easy to pull off once you once you get the timing i realized that my basic attack build wouldn't work because like you were saying especially in that beerus and weiss fight they have super armor for like the first like i want to say third of their health bar yeah, yeah. where you you hit them but they just keep going through their attacks and their animations so mm-hmm. there's no like hit stun right right and then with weiss he just keeps blocking and I'm like what can i do to do that and then i realized as I just kind of learned this and I felt like this was the one true moment where I learned something about the fighting engine to implement it was when I was guarding uh, like an ultimate attack. Mm -hmm. My stamina was going down. And if your stamina is gone, you can't block. So that's when I said, oh, I need to start building an ultimate build. Mm, So I started buying attacks. So then I started buying all these items that buffed my key blast supers. Then I got super saiyan and then I just said, okay. My now here's my MO get enough, go in, punch, get enough key, go super saiyan two, final flash all day, rinse, repeat. That's how I beat story mode. And it just, it's, that's unfortunate that you have to do that because you know, like 
some fighting game bosses will always have, you know, like little ridiculous things that don't really test how well you are at the game. It's just how well you can cheese them out. Mm-hmm. That feels like that's what you're doing throughout the entire story. Yeah. And that just oh. that just really made me disappointed. But ultimately, I, I know I know we've been going just down and down and down on this game. How do you feel it plays? Like just as a game, minus the little random stuff, how do you feel when you pull off some fun moves or how do you feel it plays? That's the thing. Like if you ignore all of that stuff, which is impossible to say because it, it, is, it is impossible everything. to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> everything else feels great. Like I, like I mentioned early on with the network test and then getting the Japanese release, I feel like the characters have a little bit more weight to them than they did in the sparking games and mm-hmm. flying around looks beautiful. It feels great. Landing those like, attacks and then doing the teleport ping pong kind of thing. And then stringing that into something else. Like, finding your way to string a string into another string just feels awesome and then it does click with you like oh i get how i did that and then you know you flick the stick and then you go after the other opponent to hit them for a little bit to get them off your enemies and then you pop the regen capsule and like that all feels awesome have you played as any character other than your own character i did once (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's the thing i've seen people say early on it makes sense especially if you're pre-ordered play super saiyan 4 vegeta because he's got great stats and you'll get that's exactly what i did i threw him on there (laughs) you'll get experience for your other character yeah there's a lot of awesome characters in this game and you're pretty much always just gonna play as your main character because that's the one you've dumped the points into and that's where you're gonna get all the stat bonuses and so i'm like man what is this what is this game what am i looking to do in this game i'm not entirely sure is everything feels awesome but why would i play as anyone other than my own character i feel like um that is just the design of the game is railing you to that mindset because um what we haven't talked about is the hub world yeah yeah and the hub world um it's toki toki city this little uh new location and it's uh it's home to like a place where you to do uh they have time patrol trunks is there there's this like this shrine of time where you do the story mode and then you go to these little uh kiosk where you do the parallel quests and things you have to walk around that hub world in your custom character to do anything like even just to say hey let's play versus mode okay let me walk to the place where I talk to the robot to start versus mode. Yeah, yeah. If it, I feel like if it had a menu or something on top of, you know, maybe when you're playing as your created character, you're in the hub or like you can just go, oh, let's do versus mode or hey, let's let's right. play a tournament. Then you would be more inclined to do that. But you are just so ingrained into your custom character that it does feel difficult. To play someone else. And that's the thing. I've seen so many people say, why can't we just have a menu system? And yeah, it does suck after you do a parallel quest. You're sent all the way back to like that yeah, main landing point. Yeah, then you just got to walk all the way over So why over can't I just again? have a menu? It's like, well, how far down that rabbit hole do you go of why can't this just be a menu? Why can't this just be a menu? At some point, it does just turn into a turn-based RPG rather than a fighting game because then you're just working everything off of menus. And I feel like they're, they're really trying to find this balance of this is an RPG, but this 
this is a fighting game. How do we combine the two? So maybe Destiny was the how do we make a shooter into an MMO. Dragon mm. Ball Xenoverse might be how do we make a fighter into an MMO. And there's going to be some growing pains along the way. That all being said... Isn't this an amazing first step toward that? Absolutely. Like, I, I, I know this might come off crazy given we just talked for like 20 minutes <laughs> like we about how all this game. I know, right. we're just like, oh, this is, this is terrible, this is terrible. This game is so fun. That's my biggest problem with it is it's too fun for me to put down where I'm just yeah. like, stop being fun. Stop making me have to do all this stuff because I love just playing the game as it is. Keep, stop throwing all this BS at me to where I have to go with these elements, but I enjoy leveling my character. I enjoy going on the other quests. I enjoy getting equipment and drops, but it they just make that process so arduous that it's hard to ignore. But man, when you got like... When you're just playing a normal mission or fighting against someone or playing with friends online and doing a mission, it's so fun. Let's go to the story mode because that is the main draw. That's It's weird that everything ahead of the game's release was story mode focused. And then we get to the game and it's everything that's not the story mode. Now we're kind of like wrapping up with story mode stuff. But this was the biggest draw. This is what's had me so excited was, yeah, we're going to play Raditz Taboo plus Battle of Gods <laughs> plus Bardock plus Brilliant, all that stuff. But <laughs> but there's so much different about that whole process. Just having Mira and Toa show up, just having the Kaioshin of Time say some extra stuff along the way, just having Trunks freak out occasionally, having Demigras show up out of nowhere and like change things around even more. It makes Raditz Taboo no longer that same thing that I've been playing since I, I guess 2001, 2002 when yeah. Revival came back after GT and Final Bout and stuff. I, I mean, I've literally played Raditz Taboo for 15 years in a row now. I mean, every Oh my year. God, you're right. <laughs> Every year. So approaching it from that angle, it's been so much fun. I love seeing the events change. The colors mm -hmm. are fantastic. I, I love how Mira and Toa look. Those reds are just so bold and vibrant and awesome on those Everything characters. is so large. The environments are like the environments are huge. They're vast. They're every environment is exciting. Like the blown up cell games where you can like punch them down like into the crater that was formed. I'm like, mm. this is there's all these interesting elements and like the story mode. Like, okay, minor spoiler here. If you haven't played this part in the story, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Mm. I clapped when Mr. Satan went evil. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that so cool? <laughs> that was the funniest and the best thing I have seen in a Dragon Ball game since Cell absorbed Krillin and Budokai. <laughs> However, the game's idea for a story mode was fight Mr. Satan. Okay, you fought Mr. Satan. Now fight Mr. Satan again. What? What, really? That's true. <laughs> I just did yeah, this. Yeah, uh, admittedly, like Gohan and Cell are fighting like off on the sidelines, which was cool. I was like, but oh, okay, still. they're doing stuff in the background. Right, right. And then you have to go fight. And then you have to leave it completely to go fight Mira. Yes. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, okay, that's neat. Yeah, just having that extra stuff show up really breathes new life into the story that you know inside and out. And it does feel new and fresh. And I'm so glad to have had the chance to be able to do that. And the differences even in the Battle of God stuff, and I'm not going to spoil it too much, it just reinforces for me how awesome of a character Beerus is. Like the things he oh, does know, and right? says, he's just such a wonderful addition to the cast. And I feel like 
like Bandai Namco and Dim specifically understood Beerus completely in this game. No, they, yeah, they, they really embraced him wholeheartedly near the tail end of the story. Definitely. It's those touches that Dim's has always had where, man, they really do love this series and they know it inside and out. And that's, that's me smiling as I'm playing the game. Like, yeah, I didn't get that Z soul I needed to go bring to Vegeta, but man, that's so fucking hysterical. It's so good. I'm having so much fun grinding for Dragon Balls. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that's, that's kind of where the impasse comes, where it's as fans, this is something so refreshing because you and I have played every single game. Every game. There's not every, a game. Every I game. Played. I know. Every single one. Even the ones that haven't. Even even the ones like Ultimate Butoden. Yep. Don. All that stuff. J Stars. Everything. Yep. Okay. So we've played every Dragon Ball game, and I feel that this is the one that, you know, Dimps clearly, like you said, they love the franchise. They love interacting with the characters. They know who these characters are. And seeing them in such a fun way really made this game for me as a fan. And I I don't know. I don't know what to say for a recommendation just because. Oh, the, I know. Right. And like, that's the, that is the hardest thing for me where I was like, you told me to record. And that's why I started playing today. And I'm like. What am I going to say for a recommendation? Where do I stand on it? It goes back to what I was saying earlier about what's a hack way to start a review. A hack way to end a review would be fans of the series will get a lot of enjoyment. uh, Yeah, fans of the genre, fans of the series. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) if you're... (laughs) I know. So what do we say? (laughs) What do we say If you're really a super awesome Dragon Ball fan, there's going to be a ton of shit in this game that you love if you're a fighting game fan you're gonna find some really cool stuff in here and if you want to zone out there's some stuff you can do in here yeah no exactly if you want to like i mean it really does have things that like to keep you super engaged like the story mode has you you gotta be you know on point paying attention yeah then there's other moments like these incredibly drab moments where you're just retrying the mission and questioning your life choices and going, I could be doing anything productive right now. (laughs) But, you know, I've just been listening to podcasts while I sit there. When's the time patroller going to spawn? Right. When's the time patroller going to spawn? Oh, I didn't get the dragon ball because I got to do it again. (laughs) Here's the big question, I think, is so we've had this much time with the game, wrapping up story mode stuff. Mm -hmm. The story mode has been the most fun with those great character interactions and leveling up your character. And once you beat story mode, you can create more new characters. Do you think you're going to want to continue playing the game in the future as a fighting game, maybe as an MMO, just grinding for experience and gear and stuff without the draw of the story mode to be pushing you forward? Man. (laughs) I'm not sure if I will want to the story mode was such a highlight i'm enjoying because i have not beaten all of them the parallel quests i'm going through them and for the most part i'm have for the most part i'm having fun when i get things finally lining up right it's difficult to say i feel like with the support that they're gonna keep i bought the season pass so i'm already gonna keep playing it for that duration right so So we'll have some more story stuff right we will have some more things um we already know that there's gonna be some you know the parallel quest for gt you know fighting uh golden baby vegeta right that'll that'll be fun maybe i hope (laughs) uh (laughs) 
So they're clearly adding more content to hopefully diversify it because most of the parallel quests right now are just, here's these villains. Okay, here's these villains in a different order. Okay, here's these villains in a different order. <laughs> totally now I got to get Dragon Balls. Yep. And, you know, so I'm hoping that, you know, if, if this is an inkling of anything, maybe maybe pack three we will get because they haven't said they're giving story mode. It's just parallel quests, correct? Uh, I got to go back to the wording. I feel like they're being yeah. as vague as they can be. I, and I feel I feel that too. I would not be surprised if there is a Resurrection F complete parallel quest set yeah. or side story. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all. So that being said, I will keep playing the game. After that period, I guess I'll kind of grind. I, I want to, this game is just insidious and I want to get all the trophies. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. So they all like, seem like, like they're like, within reach. That's the thing. Yeah. So I feel like that is what I would keep playing it for is for the MMO aspect, which is the part that I say is the worst. Yeah. So, man. I know. Just on, Where do you stand on it? I don't know. Just on that MMO size, like, well, I want to have one of each type. You know, mm-hmm. over an uh, yeah, 14, exactly. I'm slowly, I haven't really played in like the last two months, even though we've had Golden Saucer and all this crap. Like I'm slowly leveling up a uh, Dragoon because I want to have one of everything of the Holy Trinity. So over mm-hmm. here in Xenoverse, like, all right, my main character is a Frieza clan. It'd be cool if I had someone who could go Super Saiyan. Maybe I want to level that up next. But is that going to be as much fun without the story mode to go through with that other character that I'm going to go level up? but I guess I have enough things that I can do to make them level up faster than my main story mode character would have done. Like I'm trying to project what I don't know and it's super, super tough. I'm having enough fun, but the story mode is what's driving me forward right now. So I'm hoping with the DLC stuff coming up, I mean, we've already dumped another $25 into this game at this point. Mm -hmm. So we've got an investment into it coming in our near future. So I'm going to want to level up some of those other characters and I want to make sure I unlock all the characters and there's some completionists there. It's like, I want to make sure I have all the parallel quests unlocked. I don't necessarily want to beat them all. And then there's all these items in the game and we're talking about grinding for items just real quick. Overall, I kind of don't care about them. Like I'm this far in and I think I have the best clothes for my character. Like there's no point in me putting on something that's a lower stat clothing for my character. You know, over in FF14, we have the glamour system where you can take any outfit that your character can wear and make it look like something else so you can keep your best stats. We don't have that here. So it's like, well, I guess I'll wear my Frieza clan elite armor because why would I put on Chi Chi's outfit? <laughs> like that kind of Thing. Yeah, I know. And that kind of thing, too, is I was really hoping like I would be able to have some kind of glamour system or m- make that a Dragon Ball wish where I could be like, I want these. I want to wear this clothes with these stats, stats or yeah, something yeah. like, you know, because now I feel even more limited to what my character can look like because there's a best build. Yeah, there there is certainly a best build if you want to play. And I feel like um, the other thing that we haven't mentioned, because I don't think you've delved into it, I've dabbled in it a bit, is the online world tournament system. Yeah, I haven't done it at all. So that is the one thing, because I was just, I was thinking as you were talking, like, what else is there to pull, pull in? The leaderboards and, like, the online world tournament system, arranging a world tournament of custom fighters and seeing who can win. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Like, that whole system is very fun. If someone else gets the game and they want me to partner with them, I'll do that. Like, I, I think I'm 
I'm just grasping at straws here, thinking, what you know what would keep me coming back? Yeah, but yeah. You, you are right that, like, leveling up someone else, I mean, you can replay the story missions. You can go yeah, back and redo You can them. go into the building and do that, sure. But it's just, but it's... But I've seen it. Ex- exactly. And I feel like, when when's the last time we said that a story mode was the best part <laughs> of a Dragon Ball Right, game? I was so excited for Raging Blast 2 with no story mode and missions yeah. instead, because, god damn it, I can't do Raditz Taboo again. So, to <laughs> say that I'm excited excited to play Raditz Taboo. I mean, I really hope that says something. You've been hearing me on this show almost 10 years. The first podcast episode was a look back at the first Sparking game, and there have been plenty of games <laughs> before then. So think about how many games we've talked about on this show alone and then going back prior. Yeah, right now I am just in that. Here's what I've thought so far. I'm concerned about the, the look ahead to the future because I want it to last and not just be like, well, I wrapped it up. Okay, What's the game for next year? Because I would love to have a two-year span of a game. And if they're going to support it, we could do that. But it's done so well, why wouldn't they just give us Universe 2 next year and capitalize on that? I feel like they're going to draw it out a bit because they just implemented online events. Yeah. So there will be online interactions. These online things are what I think they're really banking on hooking people to keep coming back. So... We, we don't have an inkling to what the online events are going to be, but there's like those, you know, it might be something fun, like maybe they'll have limited uh, equipment that you can get or something. Like maybe there'll be times you can come back and get some other like really obscure stuff. Like I love the fact that you can get a Raleigh's little poop stick. Oh, yep. That was so charming. Seeing people running like, around with it. I'm like, the, so maybe they'll have some limited equipment because, you know, the, a lot of MMOs do those little random events to kind of get players sure. to come back. You know, they do seasonal things and stuff all the time. Maybe we'll see stuff like that in the game to try and keep it alive. But at this point, there's a lot of growing pains. Definitely, definitely. They are, they're on the right track. I am very very excited to see if they do a Xenoverse 2 what they can remedy it's, it's it is hard to project and it's i mean you've heard you've heard us i don't know for the past 50 minutes talking about the game now going on about what we think about it it's hard for me to just say what i recommend for yeah, it i'd yeah, say you, you we've we've given you the information of what we think is really really good about it if that speaks to you you should give it a shot i don't think you will ultimately be disappointed just to use that destiny comparison one last time isn't it strange how not that i'm into these games but i know enough about them to know that modern warfare 2 no call of duty 4 modern warfare <laughs> that was the <laughs> game where they really started introducing the per- and the progression into the shooting games. And then it took Destiny with this giant developer going off and making a new partner with this pedigree of stuff they came from to really cross those lines of the shooting game into the MMO. It's like those were the biggest of the biggest of companies that could do that. Isn't it really strange that the fighting game equivalent of that wasn't, I mean, it probably would not have been Street Fighter, but it wasn't King of Fighters. It wasn't Guilty Gear. It wasn't Virtua Fighter. Mm -hmm. It was Dragon Ball with Bandai Namco that did the Destiny of the Fighting Game doing that that's so weird to me that we're at the forefront of this weird crossing of genres dragon ball yeah and i because it's what i think this is stemming from this is an old property yeah yeah they need to reinvent something to keep it in the public consciousness they need to have these movies 
to make their kais, to make more games that do something unique to keep it going. And there's no, look at the numbers. It's making money as they're inventing. Projecting into the future, I see us getting something similar to this within the next two years, and it will only keep being more experimental, more like more out there trying to keep the franchise in the limelight and keep it as a household name. So let's wrap it up by projecting what would that theoretical Xenoverse 2 be? And we've already talked about a couple things that we would want there to be. That would be mm-hmm. a little less RNG on top of RNG. All right. Yes, Tone please. that down a little bit. Like maybe yeah. have some set goals that will at least guarantee you a chance rather than a chance to a chance. Something like a glamour system where you can really customize your character and still keep the stats that you've required. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit less of an optimal build for your characters give you make it viable to have both strike attacks and key based attacks make that okay for wanting to do and tone down that we super armor so those are some of our like biggest wants and growing pain kind of things and maybe after you finish your parallel quest you don't get sent back to the starting point where you have to walk all the way back over so with the story mode the way it is where, okay, we basically played the entire DBZ storyline and fix history. Uh, and I know that the game wraps up with some teases for the future. Yep. They, 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 it does end with like, with, with that little cliffhanger that they're going in that direction. So what is the story for Xenoverse two? All right. So we're in full spoiler territory here. Demigra is gone and Toa is going to make Mira stronger using they're going to steal energy because they didn't do it from uh I don't think they didn't do it from Beerus he was kind of like faking it right, right? right. so they're going to need to um if we're going to have uh resurrection F revival of F having uh that having Frieza come back as the big bad we can have that element there that we need to go back in time and sow the seeds of Frieza's empire to make him the strongest thing ever. And then use that energy to make some super fighter. We need to make sure that Frieza's forces are going to rule the galaxy, and but we are the secret, like, Illuminati controlling the <laughs> puppet strings. So it's just more of fixed history? I'm going to see it not as maybe... I'm going to see, it's definitely going to be fixed history, I think, because that's where their main thing lies with this game. But I'm going to see it more going into, instead of doing fixed history, like, okay, here's something you remember from the manga, now make it normal. Mm -hmm. This is going to be, everything's messed up. You need to go to a separate universe or a separate timeline where this thing happened and we need your help. I think it's going to be something like that. Like now they're in a separate timeline because they already hinted that there's these parallel universes created. And we know it's said in Battle of Gods. We got 12 that there's universes. These parallel, yep. Yeah, there's other universes. People from other universes might show up. Like maybe there'll be that Goku that didn't hit his head. Hmm. Maybe there'll be something else. And you're going to go to those universes where everything is messed up and it's not what we know. So it truly would be Dragon Ball multiverse universe. <laughs> I'm that honestly, I feel like things are going in that direction huh. and I hey I think it'd be fun. I'm okay with that. We got to bring this to a close. Xenoverse, I mean, everything we've talked about has been good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, shrug. (laughs) I don't know. 
I don't really know how to wrap it up. I mean, it's been such a strange experience. Clearly, we've been having fun with it as many nitpicks as we have with the game. Nitpicks are okay, though. You're allowed to have those thoughts and feelings. Xenoverse right now is still a full price game. I do recommend it at that price if this is what you're looking to get out of the game it's definitely going to have some sales and just by virtue of it being on steam you'll be able to get it for five bucks next year so you can always look forward to that <laughs> yeah exactly so there'll, there'll be that and i'm certain they're going to keep supporting the game the servers are still going to be up and running fine yeah, yeah. Uh, in the future I, I definitely foresee that so i definitely think it's worth worth the price you you've heard us gone back and forth we've given you about as much as possible about this game so i I, so. I would end on it saying i recommend it i think it's fun there you go kieran anything you want to plug before we wrap things up here what you got going on uh well i'm actually going to be i am now working with team four star are you now actually. what you got going on i am um i'm going to be the main editor for their gameplay um the main editor for all their gameplay stuff cool I'm also the other, um, alongside Lanny Pator, the voice of Vegeta and Piccolo in their uh, Dragon Ball Z Bridge series. Uh, him and I are going to be doing a lots more of these Let's Play series. We currently have a Let's Play series of Xenoverse going on with our created super small, super chubby Majin, Majin named Dumplin'. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> and go ahead and check that out at youtube.com slash TFS2Saiyans. You can check out my Twitter at Kira, N-S-A underscore, K-I-R-A, N-S-A underscore. All right. Well, I hope to hear more from you in the future. I mean, we'll probably want to catch up on Xenoverse. We'll do kind of like a couple months out, look back, see how it's been going. So I look forward to that. Oh, yeah. Recap after all the packs are out. I think that'd be fun. Totally, totally. Well, we got to bring this to a close because I got to go to bed. I got to <laughs> get that last Dragon Ball. Got to get that Dragon Ball. All right, Karen. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. www.kanzenshuu.com. Shu. I have been Mike. That's been Karen. We will hear from Heath and Julian and Jake at some point in the future. Jake just kicked me an email, which I have not responded to with a bunch of topic ideas. So we have a lot of stuff coming there. Julian's got lots of stuff coming up of course be checking out the japanese theatrical debut of the new movie uh he just put up a quick little translation of the momoiro clover z interview from weekly jump there's a bunch of maximum the hormone stuff we want to catch up on before the movie comes out so look forward to that uh i've been diving back into feature stuff heath has been doing wiki stuff so much going on it's been an exciting time on the site this has been episode 376 of our podcast we will see you next time for 377 later this year will be 10 years of the podcast that is a very frightening thing to me i've been listening to this podcast since i was uh, in eighth grade oh my god was, i'm sorry <laughs> thanks for having me on you got it man you get last word wrap it up this has been kanzen shu the podcast Kono grando sponsor no thank you <laughs> Okay, <laughs> <laughs>